I'm pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for the drive to work. Okay, so I've been doing a bunch of um, guild podcasts, um, and I'm up to the Orzhov Syndicate. So that's white and black. So let's talk a little bit about white and black, and then I'll get into their three visits to Ravnica. Um, Okay, so white is all about um, the good of the group, wanting peace, realizing that if we all work together, we can create a world that is good for all of us. Uh, Black is much more self-centered. Black is more about, I want a world in which it gives me the chance to have the things that I want. Uh, And that black is really much one that believes in systems that reward um, that reward the individual that, that say oh well uh, an individual that, that excels has a chance to, to thrive um, and that white and black are obviously enemies like one of the challenges of making color pairs when they're enemies is at some point there's a fundamental there's a fundamental disagreement of what's going on um, and that white really wants to do what's good for everybody and black wants to do what's good for black um, how do you how do you sort of bring those together? Um, so what we found with white and black, what tends to work best is somebody who's very selfish about their group. So it has the group sense of white. It has the I'm looking out for for others, but it has kind of the but not everybody. Uh, it, it's my own group. And so um, one of the things that we were looking for very much was. We were trying to find some model of something that did a good job of feeling like, look, I have a lot of darker black tendencies, but you do get the sense of of honor, of of a sense of rules to them. Um, and that's when we stumbled upon the idea of organized crime. Um, and I joked, what's, what's more white-black than organized crime? Organized white crime black. Um... And the idea that we really sort of model the origin of after is, is the sense of this group looks out for itself uh, at the cost of whatever, um, but there are a lot of structures and rules that we really felt were interesting. Um, the other thing that we did that we tied this uh, to the Orzhov is that the Orzhov is kind of the center of the religion on, um, on Ravnica. And so there's this interesting cross between kind of this organized religion sort of quality and this kind of organized crime quite it's kind of emerging of a bunch of different things um the other thing that we wanted that was really important for white black is that the play of white black um is what we tend to call a bleeder deck and what that means is what i'm going to do is use my resources to kind of gum you up and then I'm going to slowly beat you. I'm just going to plink away at you little by little. So it's more of a control strategy, but it's a control strategy in where, well, I'm I'm winning because I'm slowly beating you. If I just stall at the game long enough, th- those, you know, the little tiny plinks will finally do you in. Um, and so we wanted to make sure we had a group that sort of fit that as well. And so the idea of having an organization that sort of controls things, um, but in a, a little more devious way. I mean, white-blue, Azorius clearly controls the government, right? They clearly sort of create the, the official laws of a land. Um, the Orzhov, we like the idea that they, too, had a hold of a system. Religion, obviously, is is the system. But that they, they are using their advantage to slowly eke out advantage from those around them and to advance their own cause. Um, but we like the idea that within their group, that there was 
a sense of a, a system of honor and rules and you know you can't just do whatever you want you know that you that gets into red black that's Rakdos it just does whatever it wants no 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 this is white black so there are rules set up but the rules are set up to overall um, help the people in charge of, of the Orzhov um, and that was a lot of what we were trying to go is trying to get that general sense of um, of control but in a, a more refined way um, the other thing we played around with was um, Golgari very much cares about death in the sense of, of recycling um, and, and you know we liked the idea that Golgari was doing that but the Orzhov sort of had a different take on death that we liked which was that death isn't the end um, both white and black definitely uh, interact with spirits in the graveyard and like, okay, well, what if uh, in the Orzhov, once you're in somebody's debt, dying doesn't mean you get out of their debt. Uh, and one of the cool ideas that um, the creative team came up with is the idea that in, in the Orzhov, when you work for the Orzhov, dying is not an end to that. It just means, okay, now, you're, now your ghost works for Orzhov. Um, and we had this nice flavor we sort of worked in where um, the, the creatures that actually rule the Orzhov, at least when we start the story, is what's called the Ghost Council. And the Ghost Council literally is a council of ghosts. These are dead people that the Orzhov are run by dead people. Um, and we thought that was kind of it, you know, a very different take on things. Um, also the idea that it's a whole council, what, trying to get sort of the white qualities of it's not just a single individual. It's not. It's not one person. It's, it's a group making the call. Um, so anyway, the Orzhov has a very cool and kind of distinct uh, flavor to it. Um, it was one of the things I think when we first started working. Like some of them took a long time to really craft and figure out. Orzhov came pretty quickly. The creative came pretty quickly. Like we pretty quickly. The idea of organized crime and organized religion and sort of morphing all those together. Um, that concept came very fast. Um, I think the Orjov was one of the first, um, oh, so in the first, um, in the first block, uh, Orjov was not in the very, very first set. In the original Ravnica had, um, Selesnya, Golgari, Boros, and Demir. So they were not in, but they were in the second. They were in Guild Pact. Guild Pact had the Orjov, had the, um, Izzet, and had the Gruul. Interestingly, by the way, we'll get into this, but the Orjov overlapped with nobody. Uh, they're white and black. The only overlap in the in Guild Pack is in um, red, because both Gruul and Izzet have red, but Orzhov has neither of those. Okay, we'll get there in a second. So let's talk about the mechanics. So we like the idea that when you died, you were still in um, servitude. Um, and that theme was really cool. So we, we try to apply that into the mechanic. So the mechanic we came up with was called Haunt. So... Haunt is one of those mechanics, um, I'm not a big fan of Haunt, we'll get into that, but Haunt is one of those mechanics that is really hard to remember. That it's, it's one of those mechanics that every time I talk about it, I have to like, okay, let me remind myself exactly how it works. Um, because it's, and this is a sign of a mechanic that has issues, where if you just can't quite remember how the mechanic works, it's saying there's something about the mechanic that's not super intuitive, that it's sort of fighting your brain. Um, and Haunt kind of does that. So let me walk through how Haunt works. Okay, so Haunt actually works differently on a permanent than it does on a spell. Um, I think most of the Haunt went on creatures. I think there might have been one or two. 
Okay, so when it goes on a creature, it says, when this creature dies, exile it, haunting target creature. Now, if it's a permanent, obviously, when this permanent is put into the graveyard for the battlefield. Um, exile it, haunting target creature. Now, if you put it on a spell, it says, when this spell is put into a graveyard during its resolution, exile it, haunting target creature. Okay, now those might, on the surface, those sound similar. Um, and what that means is, if I've haunted on a creature, um, the way it works is, that creature usually has an enter the battlefield effect. And what the creature will say is, whenever this creature enters the battlefield, or the creature it is haunting dies, blah. Draw a card, or whatever, whatever it is. I mean, it's white and black, the white and black effect. But do, do something white or black, depending on what the spell is. Um, so the idea there is, I play a haunt, let's say I play a creature. I play a haunt creature. It enters the battlefield and it does something. Now, when the creature um, dies, um, then it gets to haunt a creature in play. So you then exile the card and it goes on top of a creature that you have on the battlefield. Now, when the haunted creature dies, you trigger the enter the battlefield effect from the creature. So that the creature, you play the creature, when it comes to enter the battlefield, it does something. It dies, it haunts a new creature. When that creature dies, it does this effect. So the idea is, it's an effect that's an enter the battlefield effect on one creature, and then a death trigger on another creature. Um, that alone is a little bit complicated. But the tricky thing is, let's say I now put it on a spell. So I put it on a spell, the spell does something, and it gets put in the graveyard. As soon as it gets put in the graveyard, you haunt a creature, and now when that creature dies, the spell you get when this goes off comes up. Now, the, once again, we try to be as similar as possible. It's sort of like, when you cast the spell, they do something. And then when they, it goes to the graveyard, you haunt a creature. So I mean, we, were, we were trying to... I, I get how we were trying to parallel it. It just... The thing played out a little differently. Um, we made 10 cards with haunt. Um, I think most of them... I think more of them were on creatures than on spells. Um, there's something fun here, by the way. Haunt is a cool idea. I like the idea something dies and haunts another creature. Like, the flavor was fun. Um, but a couple, couple things. So one problem we had was... Because um, it happened when a creature died, it had to be an effect that was relevant whenever creatures would die, which includes the end of combat, which really limits the number of effects you can have. Because it can't be anything that affects combat, because most of the time, when you get it, the, the death trigger, it's at the end of combat, you know, during combat. So for starters, it just limits the kind of effects you can do on it. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it is... It is one of those things where it... I don't know. I mean, I... Uh, you know, if you know... If you watch The Great Designer Searches uh, 3, um, Chris Mooney, um, he, on one of his assignments, brought back um, Haunt and was trying to do new things with it. And, and he definitely did a good job of demonstrating that, I mean, if we want to bring Haunt back, there's, there's some different ways we can try to execute. Um... I do believe the way we did Haunt originally was not ideal. It, it, the, this mechanic, by the way, didn't do well. It scored actually pretty badly. Um, and, once again, remember, in Guild Pact, um, there was no overlap between white and black. Um, now, if you look at original Ravnica, uh, black overlaps with Golgari, and white overlaps with Boros. Um, there was some synergy there. Um... If you put it on... I mean, Boros tends to have aggressive creatures that die. 
So if you're playing your, you know, if you're playing creature, if you're if you're hunting creatures, odds are with aggressive play, your hunted creatures are going to die. Either that or they take the damage. They kind of have to block them. So it does allow you at least to trigger the hot stuff. Um, with Golgari, um, I mean, there was there was some graveyard synergy, and there definitely was some, um, you know, the, the Golgari tends to like to sacrifice creatures because it likes to sort of recycle them. Um, and haunt cards are, you get some value if you bring them back because a haunt uh, creature or haunt spell um, happens twice. So there was some synergy with the, with the, the sets, you know, you, you could wrap around it. Um, but all in all, I would not say Haunt was a huge success. It was not well liked by players. It, it is something that people ask me about from time to time. Um, my gut on it is that the flavor is really strong and that people would like for it. Like I, it's one of those things that maybe one day we'd kind of like reinvent the wheel and I mean, the word Haunt's pretty good and I don't know. I, I feel like I don't like its current execution. Chris did show some other ways we could play around with it. I, I think that... Uh, um, like, one thing that... I mean, for starters, I don't think we should have put it on spells and creatures. Um, I think the fact they work slightly different cause problems. So, if I brought back, I'm more inclined to put it on creature. Because the, the, the idea that the flavor of the creature dies and now it haunts another creature is just much stronger flavor than I cast a spell and my spell is haunting a creature. That, that, is, that was always a weird flavor. Okay, anyway, that was haunt. Um... Like I said, I I feel it was a failed experiment in that it didn't really play quite as well and it was confusing to remember. And um, But it's one of those mechanics that maybe, maybe, if we were willing to revamp a little bit, um, there is something cool about something dying and haunting another creature. That, that part, I admit, is a cool thing. And Chris did do some more interesting things with mechanic when he brought it back. So, I don't know. Um, I will say Chris did more to make me rethink haunt uh, then I, I mean, I think Haunt was in the definitely whenever bring your back camp for me and, and Chris did some stuff I'm like, oh, let me think about it. May, maybe there's something cool. The flavor is cool. Okay, let's get on to um, Gate Crash. Um, so the Orzhov, uh, oh, it's interesting. I, I mentioned this last time. The Orzhov shows up in the second set of every uh, time we've done. It's always been the second set. It was in Gate Crash. It was in uh, it was in um, Guild Pact, it was in Gate Crash, and now it's in Ravnica Allegiances. Um, I think it was. It's all. Uh, I think it was in the third set. Uh, is it? Oh, Gruel. I think it and Gruel have always been in the second set. Gruel was also in, yeah. Gruel was in Guild Pact, Gruel was in Gate Crash, and Gruel was in Ravnica Allegiances. So, Gruel and Orzhov have always shown up together. So, maybe next time we'll. Assuming there's next time, we will give them up. Okay, uh, now we get to Extort. So Extort was the mechanic in um, Gate Crash. So it says, whenever you cast a spell, you may pay uh, hybrid mana, white or black. If you do, each opponent loses one life and you gain that much life. So the story here was, we really had trouble finding an Orzhov mechanic that we liked. Um, and in fact, there was a little mini team made during um, development to try remember what mechanic we made. We made a mechanic that didn't wasn't quite working as well as it needed to be. And so they made a mini team and I, I think Sean Main ran that mini team and Sean I believe came up with Extort. The idea of Extort is this goes on permanence. 
And then once it's on permanent, it says, okay, every time you cast a spell, you gotta pay white or black mana, but then you get to drain your opponent for one. In a multiplayer game, uh, you get to drain everybody for one. Um, so if there's like four other people, they each lose one life, you gain four life. So it, we did make it so it was stronger in, um, in multiplayer. Um, the idea here is that um, black and white, you know, Orzhov likes to tax things, and the idea of, well, every time you're, you're getting a spell, there's, there's, a, there's a cost that comes out of that, and we thought that was kind of cool. Um, this mechanic scored much better. It played much better. Um, so, let's see. Uh, in uh, Gate Crash, let's see. Um, Bor- Boros was in Gate Crash, so the overlap between... Um, Orzhov, uh, or for white, was um, Orzhov and Boros. And for black, it was Demir. Um, so, Boros and Gatecrash had a mechanical battalion where you won to attack with three or more creatures. Um, and Extort basically just wants you playing spells. And so, Boros having a lot more cheaper spells played fine into extort because Boros you know was trying to play aggro was trying to finish you uh, this allowed you to sort of get extra damage based on the spells you were doing um, and so extort works fine with, with uh, Boros um, Cypher the way uh, the Demir mechanic worked was it went on spells uh, when you cast the spell you then equipped it to a creature you then um, you exiled it tied to a creature and now that every time that creature dealt combat damage, it triggered that spell effect. Um, so, not quite a synergistic. I mean, synergistic in the sense that um, Demir is always trying to sort of eke out advantage, and Extort does a good job of getting the extra extra damage in. Um, the Cipher spells did not trigger. Tri- I don't think it triggered the Extort. Um, or so whenever you cast a spell. Not sure. Oh, it's interesting. Did Cypher cast a spell? Maybe Cypher did cast a spell. Um, even if they overlapped, my gut is we would have made a cast if it could have been. Um, it's possible that when you do damage, then it casts a spell from exile. If that's the case, then it does trigger extort and it works with extort. My gut is that's what we did. I don't, I don't actually I don't remember exactly, but it, it, it makes so much sense that if we could have done that, I think we would have done that. Um, Anyway, Extort was much more uh, light. I think Extort was... I mean, the, the only interesting thing about Extort was we tied it to white and black through the mana, um, which probably was a mistake, in, only in the sense of it's hard for us to bring Extort back other than as a guild mechanic because the white-black is tied into the spell. Um, often when we make guild mechanics, the intent is not that the guild mechanics are going to come back, and I think we maximized making it a good Orzhov mechanic. Um, the uh, Oh, the other thing that, that Extort did is um, it made a ruling in Commander that um, you don't count mana symbols in reminder text. Meaning you can play this, if you have a mono-white haunt card, I'm sorry, Extort card, um, you can play it in a mono-white deck because it doesn't count the half of black of the hybrid as being a black symbol in the reminder text to make this color identity black, I think. If I remember correctly, that's, I think, how it worked. Um, but anyway, people generally liked it. This was a popular mechanic. Um, I mean, 
much more popular than Haunt. So, uh, and this is the kind of mechanic that we might do somewhere else, except for the uh, the hybrid mana cost in it is makes it a little trickier to bring back. Okay, that gets us to Ravnica allegiances. Um, okay, so um, the first mechanic we tried, which I which was the favorite mechanic that we made in Visions, my favorite mechanic we made in Visions, was called Debt. So here's how it worked. Um, you would cast spells that came with debt. When they did, you would give a player debt counters, usually your opponent, not yourself. Um, I, th- I think you gave target opponent debt counters. Um, and so what happened is they would get some number of debt counters. And um, then at the end of their turn, um, let's see, uh, beginning of yeah, beginning of, of their end step, um, they are allowed to pay one mana for every debt counter they have, and for every one they pay, they remove the debt counter. Uh, and then at the end of that, if there's any debt counters left, they lose one life. So the idea was, while you're in debt, every turn you're losing a life, but you can pay off the debt with mana. Um, but until you're completely out of debt, you're still being drained every turn. Um, we went through a lot of iterations of this. This was our final iteration. Um, and I know set design played around with debt counters for a while. Um, the thing that was really interesting about it was, in the early game, when mana really mattered, you tended to just... You didn't have the mana to spend. So, like, okay, I guess I'll just go in debt. And early on, you're at, you're at a lot of life. So, like, okay, I can, I can you know, one damage. I, I can take one damage for a while. And then what happens is, later in the game it starts to be, that, that damage starts to really start to mean something. You're lower in life, uh, and then you start needing to pay the mana. So it starts interfering with what you're doing because you really need to start paying the mana to pay, be paying off the debt. Um, and then there's this neat sort of race between um, trying to do what you need to do, but also trying to not let debt be the thing that kills you. Um, and I, I thought it played really interestingly. It was super flavorful. Um, the idea of, you know, Orja beats you because you go into debt some of the time just felt so spot-on perfect from a flavor standpoint. Um, so what happened? Uh, t- two things happen. One is, one of the tricky things about um, guild mechanics is you have to play nicely with the guilds around you. So, for example, in Ravnica Allegiances, um, Orja overlaps with Rakdos in black, and it overlaps with Azorius in white. And the the synergy, it, it just wasn't... Debt wasn't working quite as synergistic um, with the things around it. And um, so one thing was it, it didn't quite have the synergies. And then one of the things you're always looking for is making sure that there's synergies in what you're doing. The second thing was it just was a weird balancing issue. And um, they never quite... It never quite worked. And... I mean, I, I do think it's possible one day we figure out the right way to execute it and we bring it back. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying the debt would never happen. Um, it just didn't get figured out this time. And it, um, one of the things that is true about, I think, vision design for both um, Guilds of Ravnica and Ravnica Allegiances is I was a little bit aggressive in trying to make, because it was the third time we were there, I, I was trying to do stuff that were just a little bit different. Um, I think I was trying to push innovation a little bit just because there's not a lot of innovation going on. I mean, it's a more normal set. So I was trying to do some things that were a little more special in the mechanics. And I ended up making things a little more complicated than they needed to be. Um, 
And so a, comp- a combination of me turning over things that are a smidgen complicated and just the normal synergies you need to work in a, in a guild set just sort of kept debt from happening. Like I said, I don't think debt will never happen. I, I think there's a chance maybe one day we've cracked debt. Um, but there's a few things we still need to work out. So sadly, no debt. But they did come up with a pretty cool mechanic called Afterlife. So Afterlife N, N mean it's a number. Um, when this creature dies, create N11 white and black spirit creature tokens with flying. Um, so this goes once again into the idea of um, in the origin of when you die, your, your, your spirit is still um, still has duties to perform, if you will. Um, and the idea here was creatures that when they die, um, you know, there's actually utility. Like I get a creature, and then when it dies, I get something. Um, it's interesting in a lot of ways. This flavor is not that far from haunt. You know, haunt definitely has the idea that I have creatures, and then. Even upon their death, they still serve me to a certain extent. Um, that flavor was there. Um, but this one also is a little more straightforward. Um, one of the things, like I said, about um, Orzhov is it wants to sort of be plinking you because it's a bleeder deck. And little 1-1 one, one invasive creatures do a really good job of that. It's like, oh, well, I died. Now I'm getting these little invasive creatures. Can you deal with my little invasive creatures? Because while I'm stalling you out, these things are going to plink away at you. Um, and so a combination of the flavor of the spirits and sort of the, it plays nicely, it just worked really well in what the Orzhov was trying to do. Um, so let's look at the, the two guilds inside of it. Rakdos is playing a little bit more an aggressive game. Um, and um, it's not hard for Rakdos for creatures to die on. A, because it's more aggressive on what it's attacking with taking bigger risks, and B, there's sacrifice built into Rakdos, so there's a couple different ways, like one of the nice things is, in a sacrifice outlet, um, afterlife creatures are at least two creatures, and if they have an afterlife above one, they can be more than that, and so if I have sack outlets, you know, afterlife works really well, and Rakdos is the guild that tends to have the sack outlets, because sacrifice is a big deal for Rakdos, um, so that works pretty well together, um, and we get to Azorius, Azorius is also playing a slower game, much like Orzhov. Um, and so, its mechanic addendum is set to give you optimization in what you're doing. And so, Azorius, and it's not that addendum per se blends perfectly with Afterlife, although there are individual executions of cards with addendum that work well. Um, the thing that really makes Azorius and Orzhov work together is that they're the two guilds playing the slowest strategy, and both of them have a lot of control elements they want. Both of them want to be stalling. And so that overlap is just making white cards that help sort of stall you, you know, works nicely with Afterlife, works nicely with just the general philosophy of how Orzhov works. And so that, that synergy tends to be good. Um, so it's it's early on. This, um, as me recording this, we just had the pre-release, so um, I don't have a lot of data yet on what people thought of Afterlife. Um, I think Afterlife is a pretty clean mechanic. Um, one of the things I liked a lot about, um, you know, the mechanics that got used in Guilds and Ravnica is they really found some nice, simple, clean, elegant sort of embodies the essence of the Guild, but in a way in which it's not too complicated. Like I said, the, the one way I erred is in, in trying to find things a little bit more novel, I made things a little bit more complicated. And, you know, we are... Guild sets already have a lot of complication going on in them, and there's just you know, there's just more mechanics in general, and there's more moving pieces. So um, I do like what Afterlife seemed to be a, a very flavorful answer. That while in my heart of hearts I, I do like that, and 
I, I would have loved if we could figure out a way to make that work. Um, I do think Afterlife does a good job of being a solid Orzhov mechanic. Um, so, so if we look back at them, um, I think Orzhov, like Orzhov is definitely um, one of those guilds where we've, we've done a pretty good job of, of weaving the general flavor in. It is true that Haunt and Afterlife went a little bit more into the spirits, you know, uh, in servitude flavor, where um, Extort was a little bit more about taxing and about sort of, um, you know, they, they play in slated spaces. Um, Orzhov is not one of these guilds that sort of has a lock on a mechanical component of the game. Um, on some level, you could argue that Orzhov maybe cares a little bit about dying. I mean, two of the three mechanics at least have a care about death some. Uh, and spirits play a big role, so there's just a little bit of spirits matter. So, but but the Orzhov has never had a, uh, it's never been quite as much about being a clean mechanical tie as it's been about having a very strong flavor. I think the Orzhov, I mean, because um, it is using religion, because it is using some organized crime, because it's using things that people know and blending them in a weird way, like it is taking things that don't normally kind of overlap and overlapping in a way that's a very unique thing. Like the, the organization that is Orzhov is a very, I mean, A, it's using magic. I mean, the idea that you are, um, that ghosts work for you or that you're run by ghosts is obviously supernatural in its nature. Um, but it, it, it is a cool, like it's, it's definitely one of the guilds where I feel like the, the flavor and the style of play is very, like it knows what it wants to do. It plays the way it wants to play. It, that's another thing I guess is, um, it has a very clear play pattern. The, the, the bleeder deck strategy is very obvious, and you can see in each case we built the mechanic around making sure that the deck plays in a very specific, um, flavorful way. And that's one of the things that I like about Orzhov is, like some of the guilds are built around a, a, a component of the game. Um, Orzhov is built around a style of play which has been very, very consistent. Like some guilds, you'll notice, there's a little bit of flux in how they play. Orzhov really has been playing the same way. When you mix all the cards together, you know what you, I mean, they're different mechanics and do slightly different things, but they all work toward the same greater goal that Orzhov is doing. Um, the other thing that's been a lot of fun making Orzhov is the top-down flavor of Orzhov lends itself well to a lot of flavorful things. Um, like, one of the reasons, like, of all the mechanics that came up, one of the reasons that debt was so popular to me was that there's a really strong flavor for Orzhov, so you got to really hit something and try to hit that flavor. Um, you know, the, the, I really appreciate as a designer that it is fun to make individual Orzhov cards because the, the general sense of what Orzhov is doing, not that they're, I mean, they're, on some level, one of the things they say is it, it, it's fun, it's fun to write the bad guys, and I think Orzhov has a lot of... Uh, Oh, definitely of the ten guilds, the or, the the Orzhov are the ones that you know. It's the, it's the least hard to find the redeeming qualities out of them. Um, there are qualities that are, that you can look to, and I mean, I, I think Orzhov is definitely looks out for itself. Um, one of the things I find interesting is that the white black does this thing where it very much, um, you know, like one of my favorite white black characters is Magneto of, of the X Men or of the X Men comics. Um, and the idea of Magneto is he's someone who's like, hey, I too believe in the rights of mutants, just like Charles Xavier, you know, Professor X who runs the X-Men. But I just believe that the human should die and just the mutants should be around. 
And it's like that little tiny twist between, I too believe in the right of mutants, and we should just kill all the humans. That's a little different from, you know, Professor X is like, I think humans and mutants should live together. Um, There's a good example of a white black character where he really, really, really believes in the rights of mutants, just at the cost of everybody else. Um, and that, to me, has a nice, strong white black quality in that. There is a group he cares about. There is, you know, I'm saying that that, that, that when I look at Orzhov, I, I like that sense of, they look out for themselves and that there is a bond within themselves, but they really don't care about others. And that, that's been, it's a, it's a fun gilded design for. It's a fun, it lends itself well to make cool cards. Um, black and white, interestingly. One of the things that's, that's kind of funny is um, some color combinations have good overlaps and some have less, you know, some aren't as strong. White and black have pretty good overlap. There's a lot of thematic things that tie white and black together because they, on some level, have one of the most identifiable opposites, you know, that light and dark. I mean, it really plays into a lot of pop culture stuff. But because of that, because of, of mirroring in pop culture and the idea of there's a light and dark side to things, that there's a lot of trope space to play with in that that lets you do a lot of fun things. And so Orzhov, like I said, is... Uh, definitely one of the guilds that has the cleanest, clearest, you know, crispest um, flavor to it, and, and that has allowed us to have a very clean and crisp mechanical identity as well. So that's been pretty cool. But anyway, so how are we doing today? Oh, we, not too bad. Not too much traffic. Um, that, my friends, is the Orzhov. So um, I, I think it's a, a guild that we've executed pretty well. Like I said, Haunt, I think we made some mistakes with Haunt the Mechanic. I think we did a good job of the Orzhov Guild um, all three times. And Extort and Afterlife, I think, are both actually pretty good mechanics. Like I said, my biggest issue with Extort is, if we made any extort, uh, mistake with Extort, it's tying the hybrid man into it in a way that makes it hard to bring back Extort outside of, um, of the Guild. Um, and Afterlife, I actually do believe you will see Afterlife again. I, I think that's just a nice scene, uh, a clean, simple mechanic. Anyway, my friends, that is all there is to say about Orzhov. So I hope you enjoyed that. Um, but I am now at work, so we know what that means. It's the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to make it magic. I'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.